This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point four billion dollars. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Walleyes relating to deep mud, where there's schools of bait fish. Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. All right, this is Sporting Journal Radio. Thanks for tuning in on the network uh, by demand at sportingjournalradio.com. Maybe you downloaded the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts or you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm Brett Amundsen. That's Dan Amundsen over there. And uh, there's a little bit of ice on some of those smaller bodies of water early in the morning, uh, a couple of those mornings here this week. There's a little bit of ice breaking when you were out there duck hunting the other day, Dan. So, I'm surprised somebody didn't go out there with an auger and uh, and some electronics and just just so they can say they were the first ones out on the <laughs> crossed my mind. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> on the ice. Obviously, not enough ice out there. Not uh, definitely not safe ice, of course. And Eric Osberg is going to join us now from Otter Tail Lakes Country. Eric, it's time to start thinking about ice fishing a little bit, isn't it? It is, and and I I would ra- given a choice, I would rather open water fish. Yeah, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, eventually the globe will turn enough that the, the sun will be too cold and we will have ice and then, and then the first, you know, and then we'll go ice fishing. So yeah, it's, it's right around the corner. Yeah. We got some time obviously, but what what do you do this time of year? Like I'm notorious for being, for having my, not getting my gear ready for ice fishing until the day we're going ice fishing. Uh, that, we, that's a good question. I, I, okay. Um, number one, wherever, wherever your ice rods are right now, like where, try to think of where your ice rods are. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, step <laughs> one is find your ice rods. And, and, and what, what I do, like usually in the spring, I'm in such a, I'm in such a hurry to go open water fishing that I, that I don't really tuck my gear away like I should. But, and what I've been doing the last few years is is I, I i locate my ice fishing rods and at the very least i pull all the line off hmm. okay it's it's kind of hard to dedicate yourself to say okay i'm going to replace all the line well if you go pull all the line off you'll be forced to put <laughs> you, a line, you know what i mean like when it, when it is time to go ice fishing you'll be like oh shoot i gotta re-spool so that's you know the yeah. that's one one thing that i've been doing the last few years is i just pull the line off and then when I go out fishing, I know I have to put now, obviously if you're using, you know, walleye gear and you've got some braid and you're just using fluorocarbon leaders or whatever, you don't need to replace that every single year. Yeah. But, but all your mono or your fluoro or, or, you know, all that stuff. I'm, I'm also notorious for taking my rods out the day we go ice fishing for the first time. And I, at first time I open the bale and drop it out and all the, all the, the line just kind of comes out, you know, tangled. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to replace this line at some point this year <laughs> pull it off pull it, pull it off now go today or tomorrow or this yeah. week or whatever pull it off now and then you'll be forced to put that new line on there um the uh, the other thing is just i mean it's it's I, 
you know, I'm not there yet personally, but, but just tackle management, right? Like a lot of the tackle I use in my boat, I'm going to use in open water and, and, you know, just, just organizing your tackle and it doesn't need to be, you know, the world's fanciest tackle boxes. I mean, you get, get, you get, you know, go to any, uh, grocery store and get a get you know lid lock lid boxes you know whatever it could be ziploc boxes it could be ziploc bags hmm. but just just start to get your just start to get your gear in order get organized and and, get, and know where know where your gear is your 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 electronics if you can you know plug in your tart you know plug in your electronics give them a good charge now and then in a couple weeks couple two three weeks plug them in again um, what do you what are you doing for your what are you doing for your electronics batteries these days, Eric? Have you switched over to lithium? I'm mostly lithium. I, I haven't replaced all you know. I haven't replaced all my units and created exclusive lithium. But but I I predominantly run Markham units, um, and so I have mostly lithium i think all my market units are 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 lithium batteries but yeah and those are those are just awesome they're they're light and they last forever so um so that's another thing is just make sure your batteries are in in good working order i might have a a markham shuttle for sale soon so if i decide to sell it i'll let you know if you don't have one yet you might like i might yeah okay i think i'm switching to garmin so I bought a shuttle last year. Are, are you going live? Are, are you going live scope? I am. Are you there? Yeah, that's that's my LX7. Love that unit. Um, lasts forever. Now I kind of now I'm not I'm not looking forward to ice fishing. But thanks, Dan, for finding that picture. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a. If you go back to that picture for a second, Dan. So that's a homemade rod holder that I made. Um, it, it's basically, it's, it's a, it's basically a piece of PVC pipe, just, just cut at an angle and then mounted on a two by four or two by six or whatever it is. Perfect. And, and I just, and, and, you know, I, there's other, I, I use JT rods and so, you know, it's not, that's not what I would put a snare rod necessarily in, but the idea behind it is if, if a fish hits that, the, it and pulls down the 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 rod holder should absorb that right like you should i've lost uh, i've lost a couple uh rods rod holders down the hole not uh, uh last year I, I i don't remember what kind of rod holder it was, but it was just you know a little aluminum thing or metal thing and boop, it went on the hole so i've been experimenting with the other trick here's the other trick and i, I don't want to focus just on this picture but that milk crate right there. Do you see the milk crate that the flasher is sitting on? Yeah. The, the, the catch hole or the catch cover, uh, hole covers fit perfectly inside of the milk crate. The milk crate. Oh, sure. And, and so I use milk crates to haul all my gear. What's that? Yeah. I've got yeah, one of those. So I use, I use yeah. milk crates to haul most of my gear. And then when you get there, then, you know, you empty your gear out or you could even leave your gear in there and you just put the whole cover on top. I mean, obviously you could just put the milk crate upside down, yeah. but then all your stuff would fall out. Right. 
So that's a that's a neat little discovery, mm. happy little accident that I had. And I, I like to get my flashers off of the ground. Yeah. Just because it, it helps. You know, I don't like to be bent over looking at the floor all day long. I like right. to try to, you know, just saves on your neck a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, in a pinch, I'll stare at the floor all day long, I guess. <laughs> I always set mine up high on something, whether yeah. on a bucket or I've got a milk crate like that, too, that I haul my stuff out with. I've, I've never seen it with the catch cover uh, lid uh, on top of it like that, though. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And then, again, if you have a bunch of stuff in the crate, right, like you, you don't have got to dump it out. propane tanks or lures or tackle boxes or whatever, you just do that and then put the lid on top and it works. So That's a great so, idea. Yeah. yeah, I like it. The other, the other thing, go ahead. No, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say the other thing, um, I, I love Coleman lanterns. I love, 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 love old school Coleman lanterns. Um, if you're, you'd be surprised. They, they provide obviously a ton of light, but, but they can provide heat too. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember one year, one, one trip last year, it was early ice and I walked a long stinking ways into the you know it was windy it was cold it was early ice and i happened to have my coleman lantern and and all my batteries died my headlamp died my flashlight died and i was able to fire that thing up and you know they're they're made to 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 operate in the wind right like that's they're they're not wind proof but they're wind resistant and that was that i don't want to say the coleman lantern saved my life but there's just there's something about that hiss of a coleman lantern <laughs> that uh that uh, gets me going anyways so absolutely well i didn't expect to to give away so many ice fishing tips here in the middle of october but this is great i'm I'm gonna go find my ice fishing rods now you're actually helping me out just go find them and pull the line off and you're you're not gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) we'll see here's the last here's the last piece of advice i'll give um otter till county is open for business in winter uh, we've got a lot of resorts that that cater to ice anglers. Uh, if you're if you're into walleyes and and you can get on uh, Otter Tail Lake, Vacation Land Resort, and um, Barkey's Resort are, are a couple that come to mind. Barkey's Resort has a heated fish cleaning shack. Oh, nice! And yeah, so when you come off the lake and you're ready to clean your walleyes, you get to walk into a heated fish cleaning shack. Um, uh, uh, Vacation Land Resort, which is also on Otter, Otter Tail Lake. Uh, Trevor, if if he can, he, he he has some fish houses that he can rent and, and stuff like that. And he doesn't try to build a whole big road system. But but if I was coming up ice fishing in Otter Tail County and I wanted to catch walleyes, there you go, Vacation Land Resort, absolutely. If I if I wanted to come up ice fishing in Otter Tail County and catch walleyes, I would call Barkies or I would call Va- 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 Vacation Land Resort. Um, Holly's Resort is also on Otter Till Lake. And then there's other resorts like um, East Silent Lake Resort is open all year all year round. Um, uh, Shady Grove Resort, which is on Rush Lake, they're open all year round. Shady Grove also has a, a heated fish cleaning shack. And so uh, just because it's summer, there's Shady Grove right there. Um, they've done a really fine job, you know, upgrading that, uh, the, 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 that facility over the last few years. So, yeah, so if you're looking for an ice fishing adventure, um, we've got 1,048 lakes, and we've got a bunch of resorts that are more than happy to uh, to accommodate you. And if a resort, if you're not into the resort thing, places like you stayed at uh, Pelican Motel, 
Lakes Inn at Don Villa, uh, Battle Lake Inn. There's, there's a bunch of hotel, motel, uh, uh, um, like uh, Grand Stay in Parker's Prairie. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of places you can stay. Some of them have a pool. Some of them well, <laughs> <laughs> might be a little cool for the pool, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But hey, right. uh, speaking of Pelican Motel, uh, my my brother watched the show when we were talking about the the yeah. towel towel I used to clean off Tiny up there, and he goes, "Hey, I'll bring some." He works for Ecolab, so okay. he's like, "He's like, I'll get that towel clean for him." <laughs> so. We'll, we'll I'll be out. sure to let him know. I'll Good. be sure to let him know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, winter will be here before you know it. Ice fishing is just around the corner. Eric Osberg, uh, thanks for the tips today, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Come ice fish the famous waters of Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, the walleye capital of the world. Experience full-service resorts featuring heated fish houses, ice transportation, meal plans, and sleeper house options. From the Northwest Angle to the South Shore, Rainy River and Baudette, the Midwest's number one ice fishing destination. Walleye, Sauger, Perch and Northern Pike, Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, best fishing anywhere. For more information, log on to LakeOfTheWoodsMN.com. You are watching slash listening to Sporting Journal Radio. Thank you. I'm Brett Amundsen along with Dan Amundsen over there. And it's time to head up to Lake of the Woods. Check in with Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, it's been an exciting time up there, it sounds like, this week. Man, we are in the heart of it right now. I mean, right now, if you're an outdoors person and you like to hunt and fish, I'll tell you right now, it's a darn good time of, uh, of the year. It's definitely a little bit cooler, and I was a little worried. You know, we headed up there to uh, hunt up at the Northwest Angle, which we're going to recap next week here on the show. But uh, I thought we might be a little bit early for the ducks up there, but it sounds like this cold weather has really pushed a lot of birds down, and it sounds like we're timing it about right. Yeah, you know, I tell you, that's one thing about duck hunting, right, is that the migration, you got to play the migration a little bit. And it sounds like you guys might be timing it very nicely. You know, we had some pretty darn cold weather and, uh, you know, getting down in the in the 20s. And uh, I'll tell you what, that pushes some birds down. We also had some snow and, and that'll do it too. So, you know, you guys, uh, I think it's going to be working out real nice for you, put it that way. And I'll tell you what, doing the layout boat hunting, man, how fun. I'm excited. Uh, so the, the Chili Bowl wasn't just a clever name last week. It was kind of chilly out there. It was chilly out there, yeah. You know, they had a little bit of weather coming just before the Chili Bowl. They had some snow and wind and stuff. And, you know, that's fall fishing, though. You know, that's kind of what you're used to. The one thing I'll say is that, you know, the Chili Bowl tournament is put on by Board of View Lodge. And it's got a capacity of 75 boats. You know, the great thing is that the boundary is the Rainy River. You, you cannot go on the lake. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, uh, and climate weather or wind or whatever the case might be, at least you're on a small body of water. And, yeah. You can fish 42 miles of the river, but it's it's fairly narrow in, in almost all areas. And, you know, if you really want to play the wind, you can go around a certain curve or a certain bend and really get out of it. So this is where I mentioned yeah, well, we found that out fishing there in the spring last year when we were fishing in a snowstorm while we were up there. There's places you can hide, and fishing can be pretty good. How was the fishing for the tournament this year? Well, I think it was pretty darn, pretty darn good overall. I mean, you know, they, they were dealing with really a, a, a pressure system coming through with wind and snow and rain and everything. Before the tournament and even during the tournament, it was pretty, uh, you know, a little bit windy and cold and stuff. But, you know, despite that, uh, the winning bag of fish for five fish came in at about 19 pounds. So, you know, just under a four-pound average, which, hey, you know what, uh, um, not, not a bad average. Most people caught fish, and uh, the, my understanding is, especially pre-fishing when the weather was nicer, a lot of fish came through, you know. And But, I mean, you know, everybody is saying, geez, you know, we, we caught our walleyes, but we also got 
you know, a lot of times I'm hearing six different species of fish. And of course, that would be your walleyes, your saugers, pikes, smallmouth bass, sturgeon, perch, suckers, crappies. I mean, you know, you, they're catching everything in the river. Sounds like they're catching some big sturgeon up there right now, too, of course. Well, it's, it's funny. They're catching some big sturgeon, and, and you know, a lot of the sturgeon being caught are being caught accidentally by walleye anglers just using a jig and a minnow. So, yeah, in, in this time of the year is when those sturgeon, they start going to the holes, and they really start getting active just before the winter, too. You know, and, you know, most people are up there fishing walleyes because the walleye run is on. The shiners and the walleyes are in the river. But some people still like fishing sturgeon. It's something different. and. I, I get that. You know, it's kind of fun. I mean, plus to catch a 60, 70, 80, 100 pound fish, I mean, you do that every day. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're huge fish and they're fun to catch. And I know a lot of the the walleye anglers don't like battling them on walleye gear because it might be an hour long fight. But uh, I mean, how much fun is that to catch catch a fish that big, no matter what gear that you're using? We're hoping to get into some walleyes while we're up at the angle, of course, and maybe we, we talk to the guys and uh, maybe we'll target muskies a little bit while we're up there as well, too. But we're doing it for ducks and then we're going to try to get on the rainy a little bit during our trip up there. Uh, but Joe, with this cold weather, it's got a lot of people starting to take out their ice fishing gear, starting to think about ice fishing a little bit. You know, I just talked to someone I'm going to be hunting with, deer hunting, and uh, he said the same thing. He says, man, as soon as it snowed, I was all jacked up. I couldn't wait to pull my claps pull out and get everything all kind of cleaned up and ready to roll for the winter. And I think a lot of people are that way, you know, and, uh, uh, it, and it's awesome. But I will say this, you know, up at Lake of the Woods, you know, when we get things rolling, we're normally talking about November for spearing, end of November for spearing in the back. And then when we're talking um, – you know, getting day houses out, like resorts getting the, the day houses out. That's normally right around December 10th, give or take, depending upon how cold it is outside. So it, it's coming quick. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you haven't made your reservations, if you want your uh, select dates, now's a good time. What's your number one tip for somebody uh, getting their ice fishing gear ready for the new season? What's the first thing you tell people to make sure they do? Well, I mean, make, make sure that uh, you're your uh, auger's ready to roll. So if you have a gas auger, you got to make sure you start it and everything. With your batteries, make sure if you have an electric auger, that your batteries are ready to roll. And then, you know, as far as um, uh, your, your your electronics, you know, make sure that your, your batteries are charged up. Make sure your batteries still work okay. Well, and then in, in addition to the, uh, you know, your auger and electronics, I would start looking at your rods and reels and checking out your line because, you know, your line, in many cases, it can be good, but in some cases, you might want to change it out. And, you know, also, too, take, take that last... Uh, you know, 15, 20 feet of line off your, your spool, that's going to be the line that gets used the most and cut that off, at least start fresh that way. But you know, the other thing too, if you're a, if you're a panfish angler and you're using that two and three pound test, that's where you really want to check it over. Even walleye anglers, when I say check out the line, you know, you want to feel that line. If there's any kind of nick whatsoever, you know, re- replace it. If you have any doubts, line isn't all that expensive, replace it. You know, obviously you're, you're uh, uh, super lines, your braided and such are going to last longer than your monos and your fluorocarbons. You know, if you're using a, a braid for, uh, you know, for jigging for walleyes and you have that, that fluorocarbon leader on there, you know what? Replace that fluorocarbon leader at least. You know, just, just little things like that are going to help you do well. I also like checking my lures out, Brett. You know, sometimes you get a little moisture in there and you get some rust in there. Maybe you want to sharpen some hooks. Uh, maybe you want to do an inventory of your ice fishing lures to see what you might need this year. Um, terminal tackle as far as plain hooks and, and some little snaps, but also you know, your, your your different lures you use, your jigging spoons, your you know your jigging wraps or, or whatever the case might be. Bobbers, you know what? Are you ready to go for bobbers? Do you have enough? Do you have the right sizes? How about bobber stops? How about sinkers? You know, there's a lot of things to kind of inventory right now. Now's the time to do it, not when the ice comes. 
There's two, and I'm terrible at it. I'm a, I always wait to the last minute to get my stuff ready. But there's two things that you mentioned that are that are the worst, and that's one uh, is get finally getting all your stuff ready and getting out on the lake, and then trying to start your auger, for, you know, for the first time or or whatever, realizing that your auger's not working right because you got everything else out there. You trudged out onto the lake, and then you can't cut cut a hole open. That's it's you got to make sure that your auger's ready to go. But bobber stops. I don't know how many times I've gone ice fishing and then realized. I either forgot my bobber stops or brought the wrong tray or just was out of them and didn't restock. Oh, oh and then I'll inevitably tie it on the wrong place or something. You know, like I, <laughs> it's always something with the smallest little thing like a bobber stop. Are you good at fishing? I'm terrible at it. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> you sound like you're That's, you, that's why you have Danny with you to help you fish. Yeah, but I really The one thing I'll say about a bobber stop, if you forget your bobber stops, you know, one of the things we do, some, I do sometimes anyway, is if, if the, the wallers are biting a little finicky, I'll take that uh, that uh, rod and reel and I'll set it on a bucket and I'll I'll have that tip. I try to use a rod with a flexible tip, but you can just watch that tip. And sometimes, you know, that tip will just if that just goes down just a little, you set that hook. There's a nice walleye saga hanging on there, and uh, that's kind of the name of the game. I mean, just adapt, right? I mean, even yeah. when I do have bobber stops, I do have bobbers. There's times where I'll just set that on a bucket. It's even a, a better indicator. Yeah. Well, it's going to be here before we know it. It's coming soon. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I will have my bobber stops and my auger working because we talked about it now and you guys made fun of me. So I'll make sure I got that stuff ready. The last time you had a working auger. (laughs) My augers worked every year. I just haven't had to bring it anywhere because we've always had about three augers uh, everywhere we go. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Although I just, my problem is I always end up hunting too late. And then by the time, by the time I'm done hunting and get more serious about ice fishing, everybody's into the full, like this, the season's in full swing. Like I'm not an early ice kind of guy. Um, so, uh, usually things are in place by the time I get out there, but it's coming quick. And if people want to make a trip up to Lake of the Woods, they should plan it now. And what should they do if they want to find out more information about getting up there, Joe? Yeah. You know what? All of our resorts, all of our sleeper fish house businesses, et cetera, are on our website. And that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to findingfins.com and make sure to like our sponsors.